0: Hello and welcome to The Word Opened with me, Bramwell from Hornus Ministries. This is a weekly podcast, opening God's Word, going through verse by verse and looking at what God's Word, the Bible says. So last week we were focusing on Acts 5 verses 20 to 28 and we were looking at knowing you are saved when we walked that through. And this week we're going to pick up from that and we're going to continue looking um, through the rest of Acts 5. But before we do that, I just want to give a shout out to HOD Uh, Word Network in Nigeria. It's great to partner with you uh, with The Word Opened each week and also with BMC Radio. You can hear The Word Opened on BMC Radio uh, on a Wednesday evening at 9 o'clock and you can also hear Uh, the Word Opened on HOD Word Network uh, in Nigeria, internet-based radio station on a Monday at 3pm Eastern Time or at 9pm Nigerian Time. And it's great to be able to just uh, share what the Lord is doing through the Word Opened uh, with further afield and internationally now. So as I said, last week we were concentrating and focusing, looking through Acts 5 from verse 20 to 28 about knowing that you are saved. And it's so important that you know that you are saved. I'm going to pick it up again from Acts 5 verse 20 and read through to the end of Acts 5. And this is where we're going to be picking up uh, from this week onwards. In fact, picking up from verse 19, But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported saying, indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the high priest, the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them saying, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him, God, has exalted to his right hand to be prince and saviour, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to those things, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamalai, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people, and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to the men of Israel, "Take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men." For some time ago, Theodas rose up, claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing after this man judas of galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him he also perished and all who obeyed him were dispersed now i say to you keep away from these men and let them alone for if this plan or his work is of men it will come to nothing but if it is of god you cannot overthrow it lest you even be found to fight against god And they agreed with him, and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Wow. You know, I know that there are people around the world that rejoice in suffering for his name yeah there generally are people around the world who do rejoice in the fact that they suffer that they perse- are persecuted at the name of Jesus because they identify with Christ's suffering and, you know it's biblical to identify with Christ's suffering the sad thing is that, particularly in the Western world, we have this mentality of we are not going to suffer. We're not going to suffer for Jesus because within the Western world, that whole sort of idea of suffering doesn't enter into our heads. You know, because within the Western world, there's this nice little bubble, a nice little cushion, and we have all things provided. we live in a free world, a free country, a free nation where we can speak. But can I just say this, that I think that those days are changing. I think that those days are seriously changing. That actually within the Western world, we are starting to see that we cannot speak. We cannot speak out clearly in the name of Jesus. Do you know, in Wales, right now, the law has changed... In regards to disciplining children, and the biblical mentality of, of of disciplining children actually is illegal now. We also are seeing this change in identity that we have to accept that there are people who are they and this and you know, these binary neutrals. It goes against biblical teaching. And again, even in Wales, there is the drive to bring in a law that would actually make preaching man and woman illegal. I believe that we are starting to enter into a time and season where a lot of this is changing. And where we know that there has been... Christians persecuted for their faith. There have been Christians that have stood firm in their faith and have been persecuted for it, and even killed or martyred. And I know that as we, you know, as this goes out in Nigeria, I know that in Nigeria that is exactly what's happening. And there are other countries around the world where the same thing is happening. We are seeing persecution around the world in different forms and I believe wholeheartedly that it is time for the church to rise up the church to wake up particularly in the western world to wake up and see what is happening but let's now just jump back to Acts 5 uh, verse 29 yeah, you know, we've seen now that the apostles who were arrested and taken into prison, set free by the angel, are now facing the council that they were facing previously and had been arrested by. And they've been told, "You know, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name?" You know, they can't even bring themselves to say His name or in Jesus' name; they say this name. And look, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intended to bring this man's blood on us. Peter has spoken and he's going to speak again here a number of times about the same thing. That Jesus' blood, Jesus went to the cross. He was murdered by the temple, by these people. And they are recognizing this common theme. And they are also recognizing that Jerusalem, something is happening in Jerusalem where their doctrine, their teaching from Jesus is penetrating across Jerusalem. In fact, they say you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Remember that when we looked in Acts 2 In Acts 2 verse 42, where they talk about when believers gathered together, they gathered together to learn the apostles' doctrine. It was the learning, it was the teaching of Jesus that they were learning. And this is what now has been filtering through Jerusalem or filling Jerusalem. It's Jesus' teaching. And if Jesus' teaching is changing Jerusalem, why then? Should we not teach Jesus' teaching today? We see man change Jesus' teaching. We see man bring their own ideas and agendas around the teaching of Jesus. But if we go back to scripture, that is what we learn from. We do not need to change it. We shouldn't change it. It is as clear as anything. And we are to learn from what Jesus taught his disciples. Nothing has changed. If we are a follower of Jesus, we are a disciple of Jesus. And therefore, we should be learning directly from him. Directly from his word. But yet we see so many people change his word which is why we have a whole variety of different denominations denomination comes from the fact that people disagree with the teaching that one denomination has and they therefore get upset with it and then they'd form their own denomination this has got to stop jesus is the focus and therefore our teaching should come directly from Jesus but in verse 29 we see Peter and the other apostles answer this charge and the first thing that they say is we ought to obey God rather than men you know, what has been said about you did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name Here's their, here's their response. We obey God and not man. We obey God and not man. Wow. They're going against the temple authority. They are going against the temple authority. This word obey in the Greek it means to be persuaded by a ruler or to submit to authority. The apostles are making a declaration that they are to submit to an authority, the authority of Jesus, the authority of God. And this is exactly the same word, and we will come to it a little bit later on, that is used in Acts 5 verse 32. And we are his witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. The Holy Spirit is given to those who submit to his authority. We'll look at that a little bit later on. But this is the point. We are to walk in obedience to God and not to the obedience of man. And again, we can see across the world at various points, and particularly within the Western world, A falling in line with man rather than a falling in line with God. I mentioned earlier on some some things in regards to changes in laws. That's a direct obedience to man. And the thing is that what happens when things become like that, when Christians stand on God's word, they are persecuted they are then seen as the wrong people the wrong ones the ones in the wrong and that's not the case because we should be obeying God and we should be in line with God our walk of faith is a walk of obedience to him and not a walk of obedience to man you cannot have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom if you have then you are neither in you're, you're not in the kingdom it's as simple as that we're to walk in obedience to God and then and and so Peter and the apostles are making a very clear stand against the council against the temple council that they're not going to walk in their obedience but they're going to walk in the obedience of what God tells them to do and then, again, he's very strong, this common theme. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. He, again, is blaming this council, these men, for the killing of Jesus. But this time, they use the word murder. This word murder is only used a couple of times within the book of Acts. And it means to lay hands on, or to slay. You know, he's talked about before the killing of Jesus by these men. He does it in Acts 2, in Acts 3, and Acts 4. There's this common theme. He's not wavering from the truth. You killed Jesus. You slayed Jesus. He's looking them right in the eyes and saying, You have done this. And it's time that we recognize this. And that's what Peter is eyeballing. That's what the apostles are doing. He then goes on to say that him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and saviour. The word prince means chief leader. And I believe that actually we don't see this word used very often in this context and I believe Peter is making a statement because as he's looking at the chief temple leaders he is saying your authority means nothing but Jesus's authority means everything Jesus is the chief leader not you God has exalted to his right hand to be Chief leader and saviour. The word saviour meaning deliverer. Do you know, again, we've talked about this before, but the fact that you know, they were waiting for a deliverer. They believed the deliverer would come who would rescue them from the Romans. They didn't see it coming in the way that it did, which is why they then didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. Peter is declaring that Jesus is the deliverer, has delivered, and he is also the leader, the chief leader. And that's who they follow. Yes, he may have been crucified, but he is alive and he has been placed on the right hand of God the Father. And that's where our faith stands today. That God has risen Jesus and in rising Jesus from the grave, he has now placed him to be the chief leader and deliverer. But that's not the end of the story, because he then says to give repentance to Israel. He he makes this direct statement. We talk about repentance here in terms of our faith walk. But he talks here directly about the repentance to Israel. The word repentance means change of mind. He's saying that through Jesus being the chief leader and the deliverer, that he has also brought the opportunity for Israel, the nation of Israel, to change its mind about Jesus. This is evangelism. Peter is evangelizing by making it clear that Jesus has died and he's been you know, died on the cross. He said hanging on a tree, but he's been murdered. He's used it very strongly. But he's also then said that he's been exalted. So he's been risen and he's been exalted. And in being exalted to heaven, to the right hand of the father, he gives the opportunity for Israel to change its mind, to realize that they have killed, murdered the Messiah, that Jesus was who he said he was, he was the son of God, he was God incarnate. And therefore, if they recognize that and change their mind, then comes, we use this word forgiveness, actually, it's the word freedom, or pardon, or release from bondage of our sins we are released from that disobedience of not recognizing who Jesus is you know I always say this I say that we can talk about you know the the disobedience of our life and things that we've done in disobeying God and not following what he says but you know the first point of repentance the first point of a change of mind is actually recognizing who Jesus is And coming on our knees and going, oh my goodness, I am so sorry. I didn't recognize you. I didn't see you, but now I see you. That's the change of mind that they're looking for. That's the change of mind that God is looking for. The change of saying, you didn't know me, but now you do. And coming to that change of mind, a change from the darkness to the light. And in coming to that change of mind, we then can be released from bondage. But in that change of mind, we then turn to walk with Jesus. It's not, oh, I know that Jesus is real, but I'm going to continue my life. It's, I know Jesus is real and I'm going to walk in his teaching, in his way. We l- release We let go of the old and we walk in the new. We become a new creation. And as Peter then continues to say, and we are his witnesses to these things. He said this a number of times before, that they are a witness. And I did a whole podcast a while ago about you know being a witness for Christ, being a martyr. You know, we're to walk the walk of martyrdom. That's been a witness. That we will stand for Christ and we will not let it go. Where are you standing in your faith? Have you accepted that Jesus is alive? That he has done what he says he's done. That He has he is who he says he is. Has your mind been changed from Jesus isn't real to Jesus is real and is alive? Jesus is the one who can restore. Jesus is the one who heals. Has your mind changed to that? Because if it has and we've talked about testimony before then your testimony is that moment of recognizing that Jesus is alive that Jesus is real and you then become a witness and you will do anything because you cannot lose the truth. When you know that you know that Jesus is real you cannot lose that. It's like knowing that the person next to you is real. Because the person next to you is there. It's the same with Jesus. Jesus is real. And so he continues to say, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. We talked about this passage a little bit earlier on. The Holy Spirit is also witness. The Holy Spirit also sees that Jesus is real, knows that Jesus is real. And the Holy Spirit is given by God to those who obey. Those who obey. And we talked earlier about that word obey, meaning to submit to authority. The baptism of the Holy Spirit only comes when you demonstrate that you are obeying. there's a there's two there's two fillings of the spirit i believe there's one in conversion when you recognize who jesus is the holy spirit enters and you start to see transformation and change that can only be the holy spirit that brings those transformations but there is also the baptism of the spirit which comes only when you are walking in obedience to him he will give you the baptism of the spirit with the baptism of the spirit comes gifts he will not give you those gifts if you're not walking in obedience because you can't be trusted with them have you been baptized by the spirit have you been given gifts of the spirit yeah this is exactly the question have you received these things because if you haven't then the question is are you walking in obedience Because that's the walk that we should all be walking. We should be walking in a walk of obedience to God. And that's our walk of faith. And I want to encourage you as we come towards the end of our time together for this week. I want to encourage you that you walk in that obedience. Search deep. When God asks you to do something, are you doing it? Do you know, David was the biggest mess up of all, so we say. But he was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he walked in obedience. When God told him to do something, he did it. Do you, know, you can still make mistakes in your life and still be a person after God's own heart, a man or a woman after God's own heart. If you are walking in obedience. And that's what this is all about. The apostles make it very clear at the beginning of what they say that they will obey God and not man. And then they pour out exactly what they've been preaching in the temple all this time. The truth that they have been witnesses to. The witnesses of Jesus has been raised from the dead of who Jesus truly is. And they give it to these uh, temple council again. And we see this over and over and over again. They give the truth that they are witnesses. And so the question for you is, are you a witness for Christ? Are you walking in obedience to Christ? Let's pray. Oh, Holy Spirit, pray that as we close for this week I pray that you will come and dwell in every person that you will come and just for those that are not walking in that obedience for those who don't hear God's voice directing Lord I pray that you will open ears give ears open to hear the true voice and in hearing the true voice may hearts be transformed and changed may there be an opening of the truth Lord I pray that as there is an opening of the truth that there is a walk of obedience a walk of obedience to you that as people walk in obedience that you will then pour out your spirit on them that you will give them the equipping that they need to be able to walk this walk to be able to then equip others to encourage others But to walk a walk of faith with you. Holy Spirit will you bless every person who's listening to this. Will you speak to every person who's listening. They will be equipped for your glory. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well. I was hoping to get to the end of Acts 5, but as usual, time has run out on us. But we'll pick that up uh, again next week. But until then, God bless you. Stay safe. Stay protected. May you know that you are loved. God bless.